Well, it's time for us to make a pivot to start things off here on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app as we welcome you into the fast lane because we're going to get to baseball. Lynchburg, they got the win right as we were in the middle of our show yesterday, 7-1 to against East Texas Baptist University. Yes, that's a mouthful. And Virginia, we already know about them. They knocked off East Carolina. And yes, once again, I will uh, correct my mistake about that home run that appeared to be an inside-the-park home run in Charlottesville where I was questioning the center fielder's effort for East Carolina. My bad. I was not uh, aware, as many fans were not aware, that the official ruling was that the ball actually bounced off of the uh, whatever that thing is out beyond center field, that big wall about four feet above the outfield wall. So it was pretty close to it in the camera angle wasn't spectacular but hey we're supposed to be professionals you could always laugh and debate about that in the fast lane fast lane ed lane facebook twitter instagram or wherever you listen to podcast to leave your reviews and provide feedback but the reason we're pivoting today is the more i think about it the more i hear about it more importantly because my thoughts may not be worth a lot but experts opinions are what's happened with the pga tour and live golf today And let's call it what it is. It's not that the PGA Tour acquired the DPC as well as Live Golf and basically all the golf organizations operating under the PGA. Let's not kid ourselves. If you look deeper into the terms, the terms are pretty obvious here. Okay, operational control goes to the PGA. They've known how to put on events and make them appealing to the public, and the brand and the cachet of that organization carries a lot more weight than Live Golf as evidenced by the lack of fan interest in that organization. But what do we know about how business really works and operates? Because to answer the question from the Three Stooges, Are you that dumb? I don't think we're that dumb. You could argue if we are dumb or not, but Are you that dumb? I would say no. So, what we've learned over time is the fairly simple principle. Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. And guess who controls the... Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. ...of this new operation? It's Live Golf. You're buying into, in essence, business with an organization that has got 650, not million, billion, boy baby billion 650 billion dollars i mean again put some common sense to work here you like us would like to answer this question with a no are you that dumb so let's use common sense what has been said so often in business and in life and i get people often have this fear of confronting it because it can blow up the utopian idea people might have for the world It can certainly throw a wrench into the idea that people do things the right way. But inevitably, especially in big business, where, again, big business, billions, the B, coming out. It's all about what matters most. And if you control the dollar, dollar bills, y'all, then you control how the operation works. So that's the first thing to take away from this news of Live Golf basically buying out the PGA and the other organizations. Okay, the other organizations have better brands and have shown they can operate and put on bigger events. But when you control the money, 
You control the relationship, as our fearless leader, Gary Burns, has often said many times in just different conversations. Look, I I take checks from him. I I get it. It's his operation here at the Virginia Talk Radio Network, as it is the others who've had a financial stake in this organization. I'm not one of them, so I'm not going to pretend that I have that. I'm blessed with a great platform, blessed to have people that value what I do enough that they've kept me around long enough, and that's awesome. But I also understand that the others have taken on the financial risks, and because of that, they get to control more of how the operation unfolds. And Gary's taken on the biggest, and so he obviously has that. I tie all that in because there is a lesson from that to what's going on in the PGA Live situation today. It's not hard to figure out. You can spin it however you want. And people don't want to hear the idea of blood money being infiltrated into sports and taking that money from those organizations. Don't be stupid, okay? Well, you're as smart as we are, probably smarter than we are. And if we're smart enough to figure this out, then you definitely are smart enough to figure it out as you are listening to us on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app or Fastlane Edlane where you listen to podcasts and you can reaffirm that at Fastlane Edlane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Here's the other part to this. If you're talking about big business, again, most of these professional organizations have gone up in value. The NHL, for crying out loud, the Ottawa Senators, who are not one of the most valuable franchises in sports, $900 million or so is about what they are rumored to likely fetch whenever that sale becomes official. Why in the world we're talking about a franchise from north of the border here in the fast lane is to provide context. You've got, that is one ballpark of a sale that's taking place of a major sports franchise in 2023. Then there's the other part of that. If it's hard to get $990 million together in liquidity and to get the assets together to buy an organization, and it appears multiple people are going in for that organization, let's look at the NFL because they're on the other end of the spectrum. Oh, yes, they are. People talk about the LA Clippers and largest market, second largest realistically in the NBA, but the LA Clippers, you know, fetching what, $4 billion. Buffalo Bills in that camp when the Pagula family bought them. More on tennis, by the way, 540 today. Uh, I'm going to try to get some personal advice that does tie into the big showdown that will now happen at the French Open in the semis between Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic. Both of those guys won earlier today. They'll face off Friday in what's sure to be the late semifinal matchup, even though times have not officially been announced. Uh, we're all smart enough to figure out that if the night matches the prime time, that's it. That's basically your default final for that event. Drew Densick, NBC Sports Bet the Edge will share his perspective. But going further, back to the Pagula family with the Buffalo Bills. The Washington Commanders, yes, are friends with the infamous song. Those haters can't stand us. Left hand up. Who are we? The Commanders. Yes, left hand up. Collecting $6 billion for that franchise. Do you realize how hard it is to get that type of money together? I mean, from the obvious fact that like pretty much everybody listening to this doesn't have anything close to that. And, you know, yes, there may be an exception or two out there that's checking us out, and that's awesome. Uh, But, I mean, the reality is, is most of us in the world don't have $6 billion lying around. If you're going to do that, you got to have that money that can bring it together. It's hard to vet all the sources when you bring multiple parties together. Get the amount of clearance into an organization and to have the amount of available money to bring it together. Guess who does? Guess who's probably going to find their way into American sports in a greater sense than just their presence in the PGA, than just their presence in Formula One. More on that debacle of what's taking place in terms of quality of racing or lack thereof in that organization later this week. Because, oh, I think people are catching on to the fact that the Netflix series was great, but the product itself, not so great. And then there's European soccer. 
and how valuable those franchises are. There was one of the big players out there the other day. Forgive me for not knowing his name. Trey Law VT might be able to fill you in if he's listening right now. He may be mentally checked out. But if you want to check it out, he'll certainly weigh in there. Or you can weigh in and fill it in for us at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But player in you know, $600 million. $600 million. $600 million for a European soccer player to go play in Saudi Arabia. Oh, by the way, they've bought stakes into franchises like Newcastle, which are in the Premier League. Not the biggest franchise, mind you. Man City's up there, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United. I mean, those are kind of the biggest brands there, and there are others in soccer. But they've bought a stake in that. You're talking about the value of assets going up, how difficult it is to get your foot in the door? Who's got $650 billion lying around where, oh, I don't know, Let's just say the Dallas Cowboys opted to sell at some point in the near future. Most valuable franchise in the NFL. If the Commanders can can fetch $6 billion, we'll just throw $10 billion together for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe worth more than that. Let's just do 10 for the round number of it. Not a lot of people have $6 billion lying around. What makes you think they're going to have $10 billion lying around? They don't. So, here's the easy way to go about that. If you want to sell in the NFL, we know of any organization of any that cares more about dollar, dollar bills, y'all, than any other out there. It's the National Football League. Look, it's coming. Major League Baseball, they're leaving Oakland to go to Las Vegas, according to multiple reports. I know they're having stadium issues, but do you think they're going back to that dump in Oakland? Not the city, which is also a dump, but the stadium itself. Probably not. Inevitably, that's going to happen. The NFL, I mean, (laughs) they, they, they don't even hide it. That they were all about the immortal words of Kenny Powers. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. So, I mean, if you're talking about the value that goes up, businesses where ultimately that's what their driving factor is. Getting as much money as possible. If you want as much money as possible, I mean, whether it's blood money or not, $650 billion is as much money as possible, or at least it seems like that, to bring into an organization. So that's the other reality of what's happened with Live Golf. Basically buying out the PGA Tour. Don't let the verbiage of how they spin it fool you. It's the reality of it. And then there's obviously the fact that for years, or a year, maybe a little less than that, the PGA Tour spent all this time talking about how we do it the right way, and we care about it, and we want our players to stick around. God, if you're a player that spurned Live Golf and the guaranteed money there to stick around with the PGA Tour, I mean, granted, if you're a star, you know, you're probably still well compensated, but... The ones that went get the money, and the ones that didn't go don't get the money. I mean, again, let that be a reminder to you, and whatever your profession is, that while I'm not saying go out and screw your company over, that's not exactly a winning strategy. I mean, do you fault people for thinking individually right now when it comes to the business world in this day and age? Not at all. I don't. I have no fault for that. Look, I've said it before to most of our team members here. I'm sure Ty's heard this before from me. Trey has heard it as well. My goal is in a couple of years for people that work for us to grow within our company or to outgrow our company and go on somewhere else where they can pursue their dreams and do even more of what they want to on a bigger scale. But either way, continue growing, which, yes, that's a growth mindset thing. I understand that that's part of it. But there is that reality of what's taking place as well, and that is, you know, in business, it's the principles of all of them. Look, our ownership group has been blessed to let me host the Fastlane. And I'm thankful for that opportunity daily. It makes a lot of the stress of the rest of the the job that goes in from my end worthwhile. I would say much like for Trey, and he has a lot of stress on his plate. Uh, Same thing. We get to have fun 
talking sports. His is the Foul Ball Area podcast. He does stuff for frontstretch.com. And of course, he's with me here in the fast lane. But it makes all that worthwhile. And not that everybody wants to hear about it, but that's that part. But I also am not naive to the fact that Again, let's just pretend Saudi Arabia wants to offer Mr. Burns $10 billion to buy the Virginia Talk Radio Network. I'm not stupid. Mr. Burns would probably take an offer of $10 billion from whoever wants it for the Virginia Talk Radio Network. I mean, he probably would. Most of the other media outlets in the world would probably take that type of money if the private investment fund of the Saudi Arabian group wants to buy it. Again, I can't touch on Mr. Burns's principles, but even if he didn't want to take $10 million or $10 billion from Saudi Arabia, maybe he would take uh, that offer and go to someone else and just get what he deemed was still a, a lion's share and great for him. I get it. That's business. It doesn't shock me. The only thing that is amazing is the people that stuck loyal with the PGA Tour are surprised and shocked that the PGA Tour would ultimately bail on all that and what's in their best interest as an organization themselves and the amount of money that they could potentially collect, which I'm sure the people that are in charge of this decision by the PGA Tour to basically allow Live Golf to acquire them, again, screw what the verbiage says, we know what happened. Don't be shocked by this at all. It's not a shock of any of this, and that's why we should not be pretending to be surprised. Just like you shouldn't pretend to be surprised that you can find great deals, because we know you don't have $10 billion lying around, or $6 billion, or whatever the amount of money that you want to dream up, $650 billion lying around. We're all taking care of our budget. That's why we have InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now through midnight tonight, 66% off everything. Those prices go away starting tomorrow. So head to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Enter the promo code military at checkout. Yes, Melinda has left for the day. Yes, your order is timestamped. So we will know that if you bought it before midnight, you will still get the 66% off when you shop at InsaneRadioDeals.com. But if you wait until 6 a.m. Wednesday morning and then you're shocked that the deal is gone, do not be. We warned you here in the fast lane. Uh, one other thing of note, and we did the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take on this a little bit earlier today, but one of the common themes, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together and figure out how we've gotten to this point, but that is the common thread. As much as chicks dig the long ball, as Haymaker Hassan, Chad Hassan, who chimed in at Fastlane Edlin on our Twitter handle, wanted to try to remind us, yes, I get that. People love the long ball and that home runs are great in baseball. The common denominator of what's happening right now is pitching. First and foremost, we touched on this yesterday with the University of Lynchburg, but as we've touched on the starters, hear this as well. When they needed the big out to knock off East Texas Baptist University and not prolong that game any later than it needed to be, the 7-1 win yesterday to punch their ticket, Lynchburg Hornets, to the NCAA Division Three baseball final, the best two out of three series, which starts Wednesday, games two and potentially three would be on Thursday. They were able to get the job done because of pitching. Wesley Arrington seems like he's pitched pressure free today. He's only given up just the one run. Let's see if he can shut it down here. The pitch, fly ball, right field. Jackson Harding fighting the sun, backpedaling. He's under it. There's the grab. Lynchburg wins it. Lynchburg wins another one. They are moving to the championship series. The Lynchburg Hornets defeat East Texas Baptist University 7-1. And the Hornets are headed to the championship series. I love the end of that, by the way, from the, the broadcaster of the Lynchburg victory over East Texas. 
Texas Baptist University that even he had to pause to get the words out on his NCAA Division Three broadcast, the broadcast network they have for NCAA Division Three games. Uh, even he had to strive to get that out. But it goes to the point we've brought up so often, and I'm curious to get what Ed Smith's uh, perspective is. He's the director of basically strength and performance and nutri- sports performance and nutrition for the University of Lynchburg around 5.30 today here in the fast lane. But I'm curious his perspective because being able to prepare pitchers for the physical and mental grind because it has shown up for the University of Lynchburg. A couple of complete games there. The other one was a seven-inning outing in their first three games of this, which positioned them to be fresh and ready to perform late down the stretch. And, shocker of shockers, now granted they're not as far along in their postseason journey as Lynchburg, but for UVA, it's been the same thing. And Brian O'Connor, their head baseball coach, pretty willingly acknowledged that when he spoke with the media about making it to the Super Regionals against Duke, which starts at noon on Friday up at UVA. You can't ask for more, right? I mean, you know, all, all three of them uh, pitched deep into the game. They all three got us off to great starts. I think about this start by Connolly. You know, in the in the first inning, gave up a run, and but he was able to manage innings. They had some traffic during the game, but this is what somebody that has experience and is a little bit older can do. Yes, it is, and Virginia was able to do that because of their experience. They've been able to navigate some of the challenges, but the big thing is it's eating up innings. So when they needed their bullpen at spurts or in spurts. They could go to it. And I get it. Look, as a fan, especially in the regular season, it's kind of nauseating and annoying when you have all these pitching changes, pitching changes, pitching changes, and like three pitchers in one inning. I mean, in June baseball for college, I get it. Totally understand it. Makes sense. October baseball for major leagues, again, totally get it. Makes sense. You're in the postseason. But when you're talking about June baseball for major league, okay, this is a little much sometimes when you're in these high leverage situations. And yes, I'm speaking as the guy that bemoans the length of some of these baseball games. But it is an art to being able to have your team physically and mentally ready for that. So again, we'll touch on that. Ed Smith, Director of Strength and Conditioning and Sports Performance, which includes Strength and Conditioning and Nutrition uh, for the University of Lynchburg. He'll join us around 5.30 today in the fast lane. However, before we get to that, there are some other topics. A little bit of tennis, a little bit of NASCAR, and more right now on the Fast 5 at 5-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. One of the ones that has uh, slipped under the radar. A couple of these nuggets because, well, the French Open is going on right now, but the WTA announcing they will return to China after lifting their suspensions on Chinese tournaments from the Peng Shuai situation that occurred in late 2021 and carried over into the early portion of last year, 2022. Um, here's the reality. It goes back to what we touched on with Live Golf earlier today. And basically the fact that, again, semantics and verbiage aside, Liv buying up the PGA Tour and the other golf entities and organizations out there, the WTA returning to China. Largest purses in tennis come from China. And I get it. China's rights, uh, human rights issues have been called into question and understandably, completely understandably so. Also, the fact that you're talking about an event that's gone over there and uh, they clearly uh, didn't want this to come to life and never really admitted any wrongdoing and nobody really knows what's going on with Peng Shuai, the former tennis player. I get it. But the fact that WTA is returning to China after lifting the suspension, the WTA suspension on tournaments in China, it's because at the end of the day, it's really hard for these business organizations 
whose board members and investors ultimately care about dollar dollar bills y'all because that's what they always care about in big business again they may care about a lot of things and doing it the right way but doing it the right way in so much as it protects the ability to maximize as much dollar dollar bills y'all as possible that's why this news ended up taking place number four wimbledon lifting their ban on russian players when that event takes place in about a month players from russia and belarus will be allowed to participate in wimbledon again uh this year Here's what's amazing about this. The majority of players, and I know I'm getting into the weeds, but I keep up with tennis fairly in depth. The majority of tennis players from those nations actually have really been opposed to Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. And the idea of banning them, much like the idea of like not listing their flag when they're participating, as if you can't narrow it down to two countries when you see the flag versus the no flag emblem put up on your scoreboard. Hmm, wonder what's going on there. Takes two and two to figure that one out. Um, but much like that, I mean, you're punishing the players in that regard. And yes, there's the exposure for that country. But the fact that a lot of players have been bold enough to come out and say they oppose the war, nobody's going to pretend that uh, Putin and the oligarchs that basically control Putin and Russia are going to bail on the war because a bunch of their athletic mentor or athletic models, if you will, have come out in opposition of it. I commend them for the fact that they've been willing to actually speak out on it uh, for this long. But yes, banning them seemed a little much last year. It taints the accomplishments when you win an event when it's not the full field available. I mean, look at the volume of players from those nations that have participated in women's tennis and in men's tennis, uh, both. Medvedev on the men's side, Sabalenka on the women's. Uh, you know, I'd rather them be there than not and at least have a better idea of what you're getting from that. Number three. NASCAR committing to carbon neutral net zero carbon emissions by 2035. It's an initiative that's part of a new umbrella that NASCAR believes will impact the goodwill efforts that the sport is undergoing. Again, first of all, how in the world are they actually going to go about doing this? They're talking about burning motor oil and gasoline in this particular event. And I know they've had the electronic racing series in NASCAR, but this to me seems like it's a bit of a stretch. Never mind the whole, like, what happens when you use cars that are battery powered and what happens to the batteries. And I know there's a legitimate question out there about that. And I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I know it's real. And, you know, if that's your reason for getting a Tesla, hey, to each is or her own. But, uh, you know, if it's a status symbol thing, I'm not like I'm looking for Elon Musk to be the guy that I want to model myself after, although there's plenty he's done that is uh, very smart in terms of business. But it is amusing that this particular decision has come out uh, when it comes to NASCAR and the goal. It's seems like a lofty goal and the type of goal of being net zero carbon emissions by 2035 i mean look we're you know that's that's like the acc media rights deal ending by the time that time comes around the people making these predictions and promises probably aren't going to be in power and that goes into one of our other favorite phrases that would be soap some other bleeps problem number two former nfl offensive lineman russell okun tweeting out quote the journey from being a 330-plus-pound NFL football player to 100 pounds lighter has been unreal. Adding, a new me, a new chapter. The number one question I keep hearing is, how do you do it? Answer from Russell Okung on losing over 100 pounds to get down from 330 to 230 or less. I fasted 40 days with nothing but water. Yes, you read right. The experience was so rich and rewarding that I'm going to do it again. Look, I get it. Like, I'm the skinniest guy, so I'm probably the wrong guy to be ch- channeling how to lose that amount of weight in that short of a period of time. But, <laughs> I mean, hey, God bless him. If that's the route this individual chose to go to get to that point, um, 
again, I'm on the other end. I've kind of eaten a bunch of stuff in moderation and never had to put that weight on to lose it, but that is a lot of weight to have to lose. Ty, you played offensive and defensive line. Were you ever in the 330-pound range? I still weigh 245, and I graduate 250. But a lot of that looks like it's more muscular weight. Yeah, I get that a lot. But they said I look like more like 270. I was like, I don't know what y'all looking at. Y'all look at the wrong body or something. <laughs> you weren't going up to that level. You were not wanting to do that. Meanwhile, Russell Okung had the 6'5", you know, large wingspan to be able to hold that weight. But it's amazing what athletes will do to get rid of that. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Boy, does this not seem like it was the Richie McKay situation all over again? Remember years ago, Richie McKay actually was the head basketball coach at Liberty, left to go be an assistant at Virginia, and came back to Liberty and admitted it wasn't a move that he looked fondly on. Uh, obviously, he's atoned for that, I, you know, whether it's that or just his personal beliefs, and I believe it's 100% genuine. But Richie McKay's personal beliefs aligning with Liberty University, and you know, again, you can laugh about the whole Jerry Jr. situation for years, but bigger picture of the mission of the university, uh, uh, Richie McKay aligns with that very well with Liberty, and that's why I think he is a guy that, you know, if you tell me he's going to be a lifer, I would believe it. Um, no, I never thought Freeze would be. I, I think it's even still more likely McKay over Chadwell would be a lifer, and it's nothing against Chadwell, but uh, who can be very selective on if and when he wants to leave because of the resources given to Liberty, but you know, McKay kind of embodies that. We got another one of those today. Ron Sanchez was at the University of Charlotte after being Virginia's assistant basketball coach. He and the school, quote, parted ways, end quote, today. And then immediately afterwards, within like 30 minutes, the news came out, and Virginia's already issued their own release on it, that Ron Sanchez has left Charlotte to be an associate head, or the associate head basketball coach for Tony Bennett up at UVA. Of course, Sanchez was with Bennett at Washington State and Virginia until a couple of years ago. Um, look, I get the pull of Tony Bennett. The culture of Virginia's program is great. Um, I'm honestly not surprised that we may not see more of this, particularly for smaller basketball and football programs of how difficult it is to build a roster and then to retain that roster in the era of the transfer portal. What Darius McGee did at Liberty sticking around is not the normal thing. What Max Aismas did from Oral Roberts, where he transferred out and is now going to Texas, that's the normal thing. You can find diamonds in the rough, develop the heck out of them, but inevitably they're going somewhere else. If you want to be a head coach of a program, why not make maybe more money, but certainly comparable money with fewer headaches at a place like Virginia that is not leading in NIL, but there seems like there would be enough there with their collective and the uh, boosters that are there. And certainly it's a very well endowed school and there's a lot of money around there if folks want to tap into that uh, versus a place like Charlotte. Um, no, honestly, I think we may see more of this. Nobody will say that, but the actions prove otherwise. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return in the fast lane, Ed Smith in charge of Lynchburg's strength and conditioning and sports performance program. He'll join us next to discuss their trip out to Omaha, the University of Lynchburg baseball team, excuse me, to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, not to Omaha. That's where Virginia baseball aims to go. He'll do that next here in the fast lane across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.